Welcome to the Biz Bash podcast, where we make biz strategy a piece of cake. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Cammie, but you might know us better as Eliza and Calligraphy and Cammie Monet. We want to help you, our fellow stationers, artists, and calligraphers, confidently build a profitable and personality-driven creative biz. We're here to share our honest-to-goodness advice and actionable strategies for ambitious artists. So put on your party hat, quit being a procrastinator gator, and let's get this party started. Hey guys, welcome back for episode 51. Today we have a super special treat for you. I am sure that some of you have already heard of the amazing Modern Creative Podcast. And today we are hosting a crossover episode with Joyce and Diana and talking about all things scaling your biz. Yeah, so take a listen in. It's going to be all four of us having a conversation a day. There's some really good points. And it's been really interesting to see that we have some of the same viewpoints on some things and some things we are in totally different camps. So if you're interested in learning how we scaled our biz and some strategies behind that, take a listen in at this awesome crossover episode with Diana and Joyce. And let's go ahead and get started. Hey, we're so excited to be here with everyone. This is so fun that we get to do this collaborative episode with you guys. So Joyce and Diana, will you go ahead and take a moment to introduce yourselves to our audience so they know exactly who you are and what you guys do? Hey, everybody. Diana and I are so excited to be here. She made me go first, though, because she's probably (laughs) in the bathroom because at the time of this recording, she is pregnant. But I am one of the co-hosts of the Modern Creative Podcast. And I'm also a business coach for creatives. I'm also a rescue dog mom and I love wine. Like, how much do I tell you? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us all the things. That was fine. Awesome. Okay. So hi, guys. My name is Diana. I'm a watercolor artist and I have a business called Chasing Linen where we do live art and custom watercolor portraits. And I'm also a co-host of the Modern Creative Podcast with Joyce. And I also have a rescue dog named Riley. <laughs> so wait. Pregnant, like you said, so. <laughs> Both of your dogs are named Riley? Oh, no, no, no. Joyce's uh, dog's name is Pancake, which always makes me hungry. Oh, that um, is so cute. <laughs> okay, There's so you both just, just have rescue story. dogs. Yeah, I have two and she has one. And one of yes, one of them is named Pancake. My LLC is named after my dogs. Oh, oh my gosh. It's intense yeah. over here. The love. The love for so the love. So you went ahead and did your LLC with your dog's name and and started your company that way. So I'm assuming then you got a DBA for your modern creative pursuits for your business coaching. So many. Yeah, I have so many like DBAs. I'm also like a domain hoarder. But when I was LLCing, my attorney was like, you know, just pick a name. And I'm like, it's so hard. And so she's like, you know, it doesn't have to be something that you stick with. You're going to have DBAs. So we just went with Pancake and B. um, And then I have various DBAs. Love it. <laughs> I am 100% a domain hoarder too. It's a problem. So I'm glad we're kindred spirits in that regard because it's kind of embarrassing sometimes looking at all the things I've gotten on GoDaddy. <laughs> but I'm like, so oh true. man, this is a problem. So, all right, let's go ahead then and dive into our conversation about what it means to scale a business and what happens when it's no longer scalable, or at least can kind of feel that way for people. So Joyce and Diana, growing versus scaling a business, what would you guys kind of say is like the difference? Oh, that's a good question. So for me, my automatic thought is that growing a business is growing within one specific niche or product or service. And then scaling it is kind of working more 
on your business and the back end of that, um, making sure that it kind of is more automated and streamlined. That's kind of how I see the difference between growing and scaling. What about you, Joyce? It's kind of like setting the foundation first, right? Really niching down maybe or seeing what you're really interested in doing because we're all making these businesses, growing these businesses because it's something that we love to do. So sometimes that takes a little bit of effort to figure out what it is you want to do, right? So I feel like that first part, that growing part is really getting super clear. And then scaling is the fun part for me, because I think that means automations, and just all the back end systems working, so that you're actually, hopefully working less, uh, like you're no longer exchanging time for money, money for time. That's so funny that you think scaling is more fun because I think growing for sure is more fun. Systemize like, all see. of your things. <laughs> no, I love it. You're like super strategic. I love it. That's where we're different. What about you guys? I was just going to say too, that makes so much sense for me, like knowing Diana, knowing like how you operate, Diana, that you, well, you and Cammie are both kind of kindred spirits in the sense that like Cammie's a seven, kind of like that spontaneity element. She's a seven on the Enneagram. Are so you I a seven, feel like, Diana? I, so I'm a three and I think wing seven. I know okay, you, the wing that is what I think I am too. A three wing seven. I'm like, I know it's not supposed to be this. Right. That's what I am. Okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wait, I'm a, I'm a eight wing seven. Do we all have wing sevens? Wait, no, you're a not seven? me. No, Wait, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> no, I'm an eight. I'm an eight. I'm an eight. But wing seven. Yeah, because you're it's the one like Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Okay. So yeah. like yeah. I would either be a wing nine or a wing seven. So I'm a wing seven. Yeah, that makes sense like with your dynamic and our dynamic because Joyce, you're probably more of like the list rule follower, which I also am as well. I was gonna because- say I think Elizabeth and I are more similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> And then, but I'm actually a two, believe it or not, which actually kind of came as a shock to me. Um, But I might operate differently within personal life as opposed to like business as well. But I'm I'm kind of that person where like the two, I guess, is classified as like the helper, which I always kind of like hated that term. But I can definitely see that when it comes to like my really close relationships in my life or like my commitment and loyalty to like my really true friends. And I like, no, I would I argue know. that because you're like super helpful. Like, I feel like every time I talk to you, like, I don't even ask you, and you're like jumping in there, and I'm like, wow, she is like so resourceful and helpful. So <laughs> I just want to like affirm you in that. <laughs> Guys, clearly we picked the wrong topic. We should have just talked about the anagram the entire time. <laughs> I know, but seriously, but yeah, you definitely are a helper because you're like that little savior complex. You're like, I just want to help them do this. And I'm like, all right, look, they don't even know who you are. You're like, I know, but I'll just call them. It'll be fine. Like your first response. That is anyway, true. I am call them for... and give them advice. <laughs> yeah. The unsolicited advice. Sometimes I have to be careful too, because I'm like, people don't always like that. Um, but yes. Okay. Yeah. I guess I can totally see that. But Diana, I feel like you asked Cami and I something and then I totally went on a on a tangent. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to hear if you guys thought differently about growing versus scaling in your business. Okay. Yeah. Like for me, when I think of um, growth versus scaling, like I always think of growth as more like a horizontal line and then scaling is like a vertical line. This might not mm-hmm. make sense. But like yeah. growing is to me is like, okay, I'm hiring more people. I'm taking on more things. My business is like growing wider and wider, like a wider net. And then scaling is like, I'm doing less work, but I'm making more money. So I'm like, scaling my time back, but increasing the revenue of my business and just ultimately creating like a sustainable um, strategic growth within a framework. Whereas growing 
horizontally, it's a different strategy, right? And like, there's no right or wrong answer to whether you need to grow or scale your business. But for me, scaling is more appealing because I have less hands in it than, you know, growing wise. So those are my thoughts. You mentioned (laughs) sustainability. Like that's a big, I agree with you there. Like that's a big word. That's a sexy word. Sustainability. Oh yeah. Wait, yeah. Did you say that growth? Wait, sorry. Which was the vertical and horizontal? Growth is more like horizontal. Like, let's say you need to hire, like, you get a hundred new clients, but in order to like maintain that, you have to hire on ten mm-hmm. new designers or something. You know, so your workload may increase, but your revenue might not necessarily increase. Sure. You know, in terms of like profitability, um, and then scaling is like okay, you can you know, like a digital download, for instance, you can sell that to a thousand people, but you're only doing it one time versus mm-hmm. like custom work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I consider that vertical growth. It's just, that's like how I visualize it. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Cause I literally, I, I literally see it like the opposite, but it means the same as what you're saying. Cause oh. <laughs> I, I think of like vertical up and down, like scaling because you build the foundation and you go down first oh, okay kind of like okay lose time lose <laughs> like you know whatever but then you're yeah. able to build up higher but then growth you can expand wider but basically we're saying the same thing and it's just funny like <laughs> how oh, our visuals ahead. are like the opposite oh sorry go ahead no I was just gonna jump in and laugh because growing and scaling almost seem like interchangeable to me in mm. some instances so they it visually to me kind of look like a weird blob that kind of like goes up at the same time like <laughs> That there's this like interchangeable like effort between growing and scaling a business. But I like that somebody within the notes document, it's funny because we can't tell like who wrote what. It might have been Kimmy. <laughs> you come up with these funny little things that like growing is like more money and more effort. Scaling, on the other hand, is more money but less effort on your part. But that's where Cami, I would say that scaling for me, like growing for me, never involved hiring anyone in my mind that belonged in scaling so I I think I agree with like Diana on that part that I see it maybe the other way oh I agree with Elizabeth Cammy, you're on your own Ooh, nice. <laughs> I think we have the same um yeah I used a bad example <laughs> no, no no but I think we're all saying the same thing it just looks a little differently visually but it's the same thing I'm going to need everybody to draw this and then we'll have it in the show notes because there's (laughs) a lot of visualization going on. Actually, that would be so funny if we did like a little flip through on Instagram of the charts of how we all drew it. All right. That's our homework. That's happening. All right. Let's dive into kind of like the next part of this since we kind of tried to make that distinction. (laughs) So does everyone need to scale their business? Is that necessary? What do you guys think? I think it's up to the person. Like it's up to their individual goals. Like, so, okay. A lot of people now are like, Oh, six figure business. And it's all this, it's like the sexy thing. Right. But it's okay. If that's not your goal, like as long as your business is fulfilling you in other ways that you want it to fulfill you and reaching your goals that you set for yourself, you don't have to reach for these huge revenue goals if you don't want to. And that's just me kind of tying scaling to revenue though. So that was kind of my definition of scaling too. So mm-hmm. I don't think so. What do you guys think? I, I think uh, yes. <laughs> you think, think yes, Diana? Well, okay. I don't think everyone needs to scale their business, but I think there needs to be scalability in your business. And I think that's something you should consider kind of in the early stages because at the end of the day, we're all human and we're going to get tired. We're going to need to take a break. And I'm not saying you have to necessarily scale your business, but I think 
there needs to be aspects where it could be scalable, if that makes sense, whether it's like automating on whatever, you know, it can't just be you fulfilling it all the time. And I think it will in the beginning, every business looks like that. But hopefully you can kind of get it to a point where you can at least like be intentional about it being mm-hmm. scalable, if that makes sense. So like but, leave some options open for growth if you want yeah. to take it there later. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Diana. Like, I feel like maybe scalability isn't like, okay, I'm going to become a scalable business. And like, you go in with that mindset. But in my eyes, like, a scalable business is a more efficient business. And Mm -hmm. um, just, yeah, having those workflows, processes in place where you just become like the best efficient working version of yourself. So you don't get burned out, especially like, we're artists, like we can't just like be like, I'm going to do 100 paintings a week all the time. Like, it just doesn't work like that, you know, and the ultimate goal is working for yourself is that you want to be able to work less, take control of your hours and like still bring in good solid revenue. So I think having some kind of idea of what scalability looks like and what that could mean for your business specifically, whether it's, you know, you know, you don't have to start incorporating creative courses and digital downloads and all these things where it's like exponentially scalable because the only exponentially scalable thing really are like digital downloads. (laughs) But just so you don't have your hands so full all the time. Yeah. I also, I made a note, like number six on our document, was I I made this note about a glass ceiling. And what I was trying to like say, (laughs) I don't think I used the right term, but I think there is a moment in your business where you kind of hit this threshold, right? Like if you're a photographer, you're going to only want to take on a certain amount of weddings a year. And once you book that amount, like that's it. Is there anything else in your business that you're offering besides the weddings? And you've hit that point and you can't grow it unless you take certain steps. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like that like time kind of idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you, you literally only have 24 hours a day. And, you know, so you really, theoretically, if you're booked out every week and you could only take on 52 weddings, like, you know, that like, that is your max amount you could do. Mm-hmm. And that is like your threshold. So figuring out how to scale is like, okay, how can I move past that, you know, um, kind of thing. So. I think it just goes back to how we all, what it all means to us, right? Like I'm all about having the automations and being efficient, but I think it's also important to think about your own goals. So scalability to me is like a seven figure business, right? But that might not be someone else's definition. So that's why I was like, no, no one, you don't have to scale, but should you be as efficient as possible? For sure. You know, Mm -hmm. so I think it's interesting because we just started off this whole conversation with different definitions of things and what it means to each of us. Mm -hmm. The whole goal, the whole thing that I'm trying to say is whatever your goals are, it's okay, but run your business as efficiently as possible. Mm -hmm. And not everyone's business goal is to go like full-time business owner. It could be like their side gig. If they're like a new mom or they they have a job that they love. Like I know a lot of people who have a full-time job and they're just killing it in their side hustle as an artist or whatever. So I think we're all saying the same thing essentially, but um, I think there needs to be some sort of like automated strategy and functionality behind your business, whether it's something that you want to grow big or keep it at a certain level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know for me, like, starting off with calligraphy back when I first started, like, I never would have permanently wanted to like only address envelopes the rest of my life. Like that wasn't the goal for my business. (laughs) Like I could have done that, but I wouldn't have been like using my other talents within my business, I guess, or your hand would have fallen off by now. Yes, exactly. (laughs) My hand would have fallen off. And then you deal with the whole thing. Like, 
calligraphers getting like early onset arthritis and crazy things. And I was like, well, I don't want that to happen. So what else, you know, what else am I going to offer or do in my business to push this in the right direction? Yeah, exactly. Like scaling doesn't necessarily have to mean like taking one thing and figuring out how to make it like as efficient as possible. It could be like opening up other revenue sources in order to like maintain like the slow periods of your business as well. You know, like maybe it's bringing in the affiliate revenue and all of a sudden that becomes like a new revenue stream for you. And you're like, okay, so this becomes scalable because in the slow periods of time, you know, where I'm not getting clear fee orders, I'm still making money. And it's just like, the thing is, there is no clear cut thing like at all. Mm-hmm. Like if, if someone has a clear cut um, definition for how to scale your specific business, like they're going to be millionaires by now because it's totally different. We all have different business models, all have different mindsets, different approaches, different amounts of time. So it's yeah, it's it's very subjective for sure. So I'm curious for everybody, um, how often are you doing like a full overview of your business, really evaluating what works and what doesn't work so that you can attempt to figure out ways that your business can grow. So I think the unique special sauce in my business is live art where we go on site, paint live watercolor portraits for guests. And it is nice in the sense like, okay, of course there's wedding season, right? Where there's a ton of weddings, but there's always birthdays, corporate events, and so many things in between. So for me, when I look at the overview of when do we start need to hiring more people and things like that? Um, okay, well, actually, let me start from the beginning because that sounds so like <laughs> official. Um, but when I first started, I went from, I think I did six events one year, the first year when I wasn't advertising at all and people were just asking me and I was like, okay, well, I guess I could figure it out and make some money off of that. And then the second year I did 12 events. And then the third year, I want to say 22 or something. So basically every year it's like doubled. And then the year after that, we went to 70 events. So from 22 to like 70 something. So like that year, I died. (laughs) Basically, I started getting a lot of health problems. And it just wasn't sustainable. And that's when I was like, I can't physically fulfill this. I'm literally working every single day for months at a time. My arm is giving out like kind of what we're talking about. And I realized this is not a sustainable business. So how do I make it scalable? And I've kind of really had to think through all of those things. And for me personally, I would recommend for anyone um, to, that's why I was going back to like the whole, like, you want to think through whether the scalability aspect of it, because I did not, I was just thinking, I'm going to fulfill this. And so I had to figure out the scalability aspect while I was running and fulfilling and doing all the things. So, you know, it was definitely a hard season in my life, but figured it out, got stuff done, uh, started hiring people, um, training them. And so yeah, basically, I was just kind of making stuff up along the way. Uh, But now I think now that it's been a few years, I've gotten some sort of system down something I'm always tweaking and trying to make better. But basically, I do a quarter evaluation, and look at which quarter is doing more of what. And based on that, that's when I started to insert different strategies, whether it's like a shop promotion, online course of where where do I have time for what? Um, And then also based on that, I can hire seasonally if I know like December is like a crazy busy month for us, which it basically is. That's when we'll kind of bulk up. And then January is like the Sabbath where I'm kind of taking it slower um, before February, Valentine's Day. And then that's when we really hit promotions on the shop for custom portraits for, you know, couples and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I do that. I do like a quarterly thing, but I think now that I've had a few years under my belt, I can kind of predict what's going to happen 
like yearly, but I don't plan that far in advance. Like I can't, I can't even. So that's kind of how I do it. How about you guys? I think I'm kind of like a hot mess. I'll just go ahead and say that. This is so funny because being the fact that I am what? like more analytical <laughs> and planner. Okay, Pammy might disagree with this. Okay. I think I'm much more organized within Biz Birthday Bash, like okay. with you, than I necessarily am with Eliza and Calligraphy. Because Eliza and Calligraphy, a lot of the times I make adjustments in my business is based on a feeling. <laughs> so like I cut out wood signs because I kind of had that gut feeling of like, I know that this isn't profitable or giving me the ROI that I want within my business. So I like ended those at the end of 2018. And then really, really niched down to doing just invitations and envelope calligraphy for 2019. But now okay, so now that I've been in my business three years, I just think it takes time for everyone to kind of get that traction and even know where they're growing. It's like that weird, like growing phase of kind of going where the wind takes you like you get like pushed around a little bit. And now that I'm undergoing this whole kind of brand refresh and website design, that has made me really intentionally sit down and evaluate what is my business going to look like? What changes do I need to make? What do I expect from Eliza and Calligraphy this year versus what I expect within Biz Birthday Bash? So I, to everyone out there who's like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I mean... I feel like that was kind of like me for a really long time. And now I've like hit this place in my business where I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And I'm ready to like actually evaluate. And I don't do it quarterly like Diana, but I would say like maybe like twice a year, kind of the beginning of the year and kind of mid-year for me. Oh, yeah. It's so funny because I was about to literally could have just been me saying all that, which is weird because I feel like we're typically opposite. So (laughs) this is so exciting. A little kinship on going by feelings. But um, yeah, the same for me. Like I kind of go by like, okay, how am I feeling on this? Like a little gut check and seeing like, am I getting burned out? Like, can I continue to sustain this level of efficiency and work? And like, specifically for me that comes back to wedding invitations. And like, I know, like, I have like a pretty hard limit on like how many clients I can take on. And so when I'm looking in terms of like growing and scaling my business, um, which I I probably have a freak out like once every six months. And I think this is when I'm like, okay, I need to evaluate and step back and like, figure out where I need to focus to like, make sure I can do this. Um, And so for me, like, that's why I've started introducing more products and like kind of leaning into that product side of things as well as art licensing, because I'm like, okay, This is me doing a piece of artwork one time and selling it for a much higher price over and over again versus doing one custom thing that's very high touch, very hands-on, very hard to scale that part of a custom business, right? Um, So I think it's always just like a gradual shift for me, but um, I still maintain that side of my business because I know it's, you know, keeps me profitable at the same time. Um, So it's just like a matter of like checks and balances, right? (laughs) Like putting a little bit more on this side sometimes and then moving things around, but Yeah, mine definitely still goes by feeling as well. I don't have like, you know, quarterly check-ins with myself. We all know that I am not the organized one. So definitely that is not happening. But I would like for that to happen. Maybe maybe this year will be the year I do that. Well, I mean, you're the expert of your business. So there's really no right and wrong. That makes me feel better. (laughs) I am like a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, yeah. (laughs) it all works out. I totally get a guilt trip every time I listen to Proof to Product, which I don't know if you guys have ever listened to Joyce and Diana, but Katie is always 
is so adamant about like, know your numbers, know your numbers. And I'm like, I mean, I know I'm making a profit, but I don't like, I don't know my numbers to the extent I should, which is almost like embarrassing for me to say. I don't break it down by category every quarter or anything like that, which would be Mm -hmm. interesting because then I could see, oh, this part of the quarter is this, but like, I also don't want to do that. So there you go. That's really what it comes down to. (laughs) Well, I think there's the importance of like knowing your numbers, but also there's more to it when you're looking at an overview of your business, right? So I don't look at my numbers like every month or whatnot. So I don't, I haven't listened to that podcast. I don't know if I want to, because I think I'll feel guilty that I don't look at my numbers as often. (laughs) Whoever, you know, all of our listeners out there, overview can also mean besides looking at your revenue, like, you know, how are you feeling about certain lines of products that you have or whatnot? If it doesn't feel good, remember, it's your business. Like Diana said, you're the expert in your business and you can cut out something if it doesn't feel good. Yes, that's a perfect way to say it, because I myself feel like I'm more of like the feelings person with when you kind of like get that gut instinct, I guess. And Joyce, it totally makes sense that you don't listen to proof to product because it is all about like wholesale and trade shows for products and considering you do business coaching and so much like digital resources, like (laughs) I wouldn't have imagined you listening to that one anyway. And now I'm just like, no, I don't want to feel number guilt. (laughs) So let's talk about, we t- we kind of touched on this earlier um, in terms of like what growth versus scaling means and how I'm the odd one out because I think it's horizontal. I mean, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> growth is horizontal, scaling is vertical for me. Um, but does scaling a business always mean hiring people? Because I think that is a very common like idea. It's like, oh, I'll just hire like 10 people and then my business is huge. So what are y'all's thoughts on hiring people in terms of scaling? Who has like, I don't know, not staff, but oh, employees. <laughs> like who has employees in their business and not contractors out of the four of us. I don't have any employees. Yeah, Diana and Diana, Diana, you were telling me something about like the laws in California where those independent contractors will become employees. So it's fun. (laughs) I know I have one employee right now who is like my manager. And in a few weeks, I will go from one to like seven. So kind of a crazy season right now because of the California law and all of that stuff. But basically all my contractors are going to have to shift over to the employee side. So that's me. <laughs> what about Cammie, Elizabeth? Um, I have a virtual studio assistant, definitely not an actual employee. Like she works 20 hours a month for me. So I don't really mm-hmm. consider that like I hired someone <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, she's not on payroll. I mean, right. we're on payroll for ourselves. This <laughs> birthday bash was an escort. But so we have dealt with the whole like payroll side of things. So if we were to hire another person, I would at least be prepared for that. I think whether in Biz Birthday Bash or my own business, because as Eliza and calligraphy, I've always used virtual assistants, independent contractors as well. Yeah. Same. I've hired like contractors for certain things, but I don't have like anyone besides the dogs like really in my business. Cause they're like the chief, whatever, fur officers or whatever they want to be called. I let them decide on their title. Um, so I was just curious. And so that everyone knows like kind of how our businesses are set up because of that, I'm going to say it depends. <laughs> That's the cop out. <laughs> Does scaling your business always mean hiring people? Um, it depends. And for me, I like to hire contractors who are experts in what they do, right? So I have hired editors, I have hired copywriters, 
Pinterest experts, for example, but they're like, I'm basically a client of theirs because they're contractors. But those, because they're experts in those areas that I wanted to, or that I thought would help me scale my business, that's kind of how I've hired. What have you ladies done? I have basically, (laughs) I mean, I used um, a VA at the beginning of last year to like do some blogging for me specifically, because I thought, I don't know, I think I did get the perception in my mind of like, if I'm going to grow my business, I have to have someone who's like helping me to do all these bazillion things. And now I haven't even like posted a blog post in a really long time, because I realized really quickly that wasn't like how I wanted to spend my time or my money. But yeah, I think there are plenty of ways, especially in the digital age, to scale a business without hiring extra people to help you. Will that be sustainable in the long run? Probably not. Like, I think it's always someone, it's always good to kind of like have someone in your corner, if that makes sense, um, and like have someone on your side. But it depends. Like, if you look at scaling from like just a revenue perspective, Well, for sure, you can like make more money in your business if you strategically put things in place without hiring somebody to do that for you. Yeah, exactly. Like I think with scaling versus growing, sometimes hiring can also be a hindrance. Like, yeah, maybe you hired someone to take on half the workload, but now you're paying them and now you have to pay yourself less. So I think sometimes people get the misconception that hiring someone instantly means like, oh, that business is doing awesome. Like they're making a ton of money when reality, a lot of business owners I've talked to are like, yeah, the work, we have so much to do. And I've hired 10 people, I pay myself the least out of all of them. And I'm like, to me, that's not scalability. Like, that's just, I don't know, you're kind of spinning your wheels and not necessarily scaling your business to actually grow at that like, exponential rate. Um, So I do think sometimes it can be a hindrance. And I think it can be a hindrance when you're scaling too fast and not uh, like giving yourself, like Elizabeth was talking about earlier, the traction and the foothold to know like where you're going to get the most bang for your buck for hiring someone and like what they can strategically be doing to grow and not just hiring for the sake of hiring because it feels like it's the right time. You know, we're big on feelings, but really, really looking at your numbers and seeing, okay, if I hire this person to do X, Y, Z, is that going to bring home the bacon for this? Or am I just hiring someone so I can take less time to work or whatever, which can also be a win-win, but like also thinking your business goals and if your business goal is to scale, like you got to be super strategic on your hiring process. A hundred percent. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of work. But I think if you're doing it right, you definitely shouldn't be losing money from hiring. But I can totally agree. People would for sure. Like, I, I definitely have friends who have warned me for many things. Like, for me, it was like, do I want to hire an employee or do I want to get a nice office? And I was like, okay, the office is not really going to do much for me except to say, like, ooh, I have an office, you know? But the yeah. employee can be like, not a second me. I mean, gosh, that would be amazing. But it would be an extra finger, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hey there, fellow stationers. Are you creating custom invitations and still sending a lackluster contract that's hacked together with Google searches and generic templates? We've got you. We've created a custom stationary contract written for stationers by stationers, and it is lawyer reviewed and approved. Hashtag legal rockstar. The custom stationary contract template covers every stationary snafu, protects you and your client's interests, and sets up an expectation of professionalism. We've combined our previous contracts as well as years of experience to bring you a contract that covers your booty and your biz. Become a put-together pro and breathe a sigh of relief knowing that you have a contract that is easy to understand and avoids confusing legal jargon. 
The custom stationary contract template is only $297, which is much less than what you can expect to pay anywhere else. And it's written by two gals who have seen it all. Spoiler alert, it's us. It's time to do things right. Go to bizbirthdaybash.com forward slash contract to purchase and download your copy today. And as a special treat, use code podcast2020 to get $20 off. And that's podcast all caps 2020 to get $20 off. Woohoo! Totally. Yeah. So, okay. So now that you've hired, I guess you said now it'll be seven employees. Do they each have like very specific roles or are they doing kind of similar things or what does that look like for you, Diana? Oh, I think Cammy. Um, so Diana and I had a conversation about this new California law, which oh, Diana yeah. could probably explain to the audience <laughs> because it's like basically her freelance artists are going to become employees. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Honestly, I don't even want to go into the laws because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, still learning. I'm learning a ton. I, I just, um, I have an attorney that I've been working with this past year and she's been super resourceful. Um, her name is Tiffany Stahl, if you guys are interested in looking her up, but that's where I get all my resources from. And I did hire an HR company uh, once I set up payroll, and then they're creating all of our like employee policies and handbook and stuff like that. Uh, but it's definitely not my area of expertise, and it's not something that I would um, feel comfortable talking about, only because I'm like literally relaying information. But then I also have to tell my girls like, oh, just letting you know, like, let me confirm with the HR company because... I'm an artist, like at heart, you know. Girl, I feel you. I'm feeling so hard right now. Yeah, but learning, <laughs> learning so much. It's been it's been a headache, but also pretty exciting. And I think it just comes down to like what it is that you want. Because me, Joyce, and Sheena, we went to a conference uh, for ConvertKit, and we were actually talking about what it is that we want. And it was really surprising because we have so many commonalities and um, similar interests. But when we were talking about the vision of our company, like in five years, what does our business look like? I realized like something that I really wanted was actually to grow in like employee numbers and, you know, obviously not to pigeonhole Joyce or Sheena's business. But at the time when we're talking, they were like, Oh, I would not want to deal with that. And so it really depends on like, I drank so much wine. Cause I don't recall. I'm sure this <laughs> happened. But I'm just yeah. I think it really, de- at the end of the day, like it, it doesn't, and I could always go back. I, I'm, Sometimes I totally fantasize about the days like, oh my gosh, being solopreneur is just the best, like in so many ways, but also it has its own headaches, right? So same thing with growing a team. Like, yes, there's amazing things. Like we can have a Christmas party and then people are there, but then there's also the headache of dealing with problems. And so I think it really depends. Like you pick and choose your battles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one is not better than the other for sure. Diana scaling like in that way in okay you know what actually I kind of had a realization Cammy, I totally get why you were saying that like growing involves adding people to a business because in your mind you're like viewing that as an expansion and you're like oh growth like getting bigger but I think there's a lot of difference between growing and maybe not having a purpose and scaling kind of like what Diana has done to be like I know my numbers. I know that like adding these people to my business will like get me to the next level. Whereas people sometimes you're right, Kimmy will like cherry pick and be like, I need this, I need that. And they're just growing without any sort of direction. But like scaling to me is like an arrow. It's like an arrow yes. upwards. <laughs> That's and okay. growing. See, you get my vision. <laughs> like I, I think you guys got hung up on the hiring out thing because I was just thinking like 
okay, you're bringing on more clients, your business is growing, but you're hiring out more people. So you're still like making the same amount or less versus like scaling, you're hiring strategically and you can still make more money. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're doing yes. just like a hiring example. So like Diana yeah. has for sure scaled because Diana, no way could you have ever done like 70 events of, for live art on your own. Yeah, we you had all the hundred this year. It's freaking insane. Wait. Like I, I could That's not, amazing. a hundred percent could not have done all of that. Plus like, that's not even like all of the business, you know? So, so this is what I'm talking about. Like you, you got to do it right. Like if you're going yeah. to hire people, you, you got to do it right. And and I say that like loosely because I'm not saying that I do everything right. But I think in that sense, you, I've been really like, um, I kind of like to look at it like going down kind of what I was saying, like digging deeper into the foundation and not necessarily being the face of my business, not necessarily being the one to go out and do all the sexy like visual things but like being on the back end like you know bun in my hair and having showered in days figuring this stuff out and working problems and I think that's what I meant by like going down before we can shoot up so I think it's like there's something to be said for that like slow growth almost because you were able to be like okay I'm now I'm gonna I want to do a little bit more so I'm gonna add on this person now we can take on this much versus like if all of a sudden you know on like let's say you're running an Etsy shop and all of a sudden you got you know, 350,000 orders or something ridiculous. Like, and you're like, what do I do? And you have to like go on a panic hiring spree and like figure it out like a crazy person. Like, (laughs) you know, there's something to be said for that slow growth where you can like strategically add on and build it yourself and not let your business like take a hold of you and spit you out basically. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wait, so Diana, out of the hundred that you did in 2019, one of them you saw in a a member of NSYNC. In 2020, <laughs> do you know if there's going to be another event with another member of NSYNC? Because I'm going to be <laughs> I'm just going to give up my LLC and work for Chasing Linen. Let's just say LA is, uh, I don't know, it, the celebrity sightings are kind of a spontaneous I thing. I <laughs> care about NSYNC, so maybe I have to move to LA. Yeah, I think that's the conclusion is if you want to run into a celebrity, which this sounds so LA of me, but really like when you live here, it doesn't really matter. Like it's more to say like, Oh yeah, I saw Lance. But at the moment I was like, I mean, there he is. Cool. (laughs) I mean, if anyone cares about NSYNC's Chris Kirkpatrick, I think that's his name. He lives here in Orlando and he goes bowling all the time. So he's like, always out. (laughs) So if you want to come see him, we can go bowling in Altamont. Just let me know. (laughs) I'll go to LA. I'll go be employee number eight. Sorry, Chris. (laughs) Wait, can I tell an embarrassing celebrity story? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, so I have family in LA, so they kind of like run in circles where they do know people, and they know Christian Bale, and oh, they're pretty good friends deal. with him. And since my brothers are on the West Coast, one in Santa Barbara, one who is in LA, actually, they'll be at my family's house all the time. And I guess Christian was there one day, because his kids are friends with my family's kids, whatever. And (laughs) anyways, he left and my brother, oh my gosh, this isn't even embarrassing, like for like, not me personally, but my brother like chased him down the street and was like, (laughs) Christian, hi, Christian, I'm, I'm so-and-so's nephew, blah, blah, blah. I just really wanted to meet you and like shook his hand and Christian was like, okay, cool. And like, kind of just like walked away. And I was like, oh my gosh, which is the image of my brother running down the street. Oh, I don't want to out him. You have to. (laughs) Don't you have a ton of siblings? Yes. I'm the oldest of five. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. 
And then, oh, and the other thing is then my brother met Bill Hader, who I freaking love. I love Bill But didn't even, like, talk to him. Like, he was, like, kind of in the same room in the same space as him. And I was like, bro, are you serious? (laughs) You didn't (laughs) say hello? At least say hello. This was the other brother, Robert. So, but you're right. I think for him, he is native LA. So it's kind of like one of those, like, well, big deal type of things, you know? Right, right. So anyways, we can go back to talking about scaling. (laughs) I'm just saying employee number eight, if you have another event within sync, Diana. (laughs) Okay. If I have an event with InSync and I know the InSync members are there, then yes, Joyce, I will. I will let you know. (laughs) Here's my form. Here's my W9 or whatever you need to be an employee. (laughs) So good. Okay. So. Joyce, since you're our like business coach here, what do you think are practical ways that people can consider scaling their business if this is on their mind? I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm sure you have some good input. I think it actually starts first with laying the foundation, right? And actually, this is interesting because Diana and I, with the two of us, people would think like she's more of the feely person and she's actually like the numbers person. And it's the opposite we're just complete opposites, but people don't think that. But when it comes to scaling, uh, let's like, just say Joyce has crystals, so that's a whole nother level of like mindset. But yo, you know, when you, and I'm a no, Virgo. Like that's amazing. So, <laughs> no, saying, like being a Virgo, but then going into the the woo woo, like that was a leap. But I'm here and I'm loving it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to, um, oh, I'm totally going to manifest Diana having an event within Sync. Okay. But <laughs> to scaling your business. Um, kind of like what I mentioned, the, the difference for me for growing and scaling is like growing is really about setting the foundation. So before you can even consider like things to do to scale your business, be sure that your business feels good. Like it is what you want to do in the long term. I think Elizabeth mentioned this in the beginning. Uh, she took a little bit to figure out what she really wanted to do. And I did too. I started my business with Etsy and then weddings. And I was quickly like, hell no, we're not doing weddings. Sorry, people that do weddings. That just wasn't for me, right? But it took me a lot of years to figure out what really works. So I think that's the very first thing. Before you can even think about scaling, make sure you're very happy with like what you're doing right now. Like your foundation is set. And scaling doesn't necessarily mean, okay, like I've made X amount of dollars and now my next step is immediately to like hire people. Like there are other ways you can scale. You can scale your business line first. You can take maybe a service that you have and see if there's a way that you can make that into a digital product, which is something can be said that that is something that's really scalable. And like you ladies have had summits and I've like, I've had courses and you've also done like online conferences as well, right? So all of that is digital. And that's a really, I would say like great way to get your feet wet in scaling. See if there's something that you can offer that can be offered in a digital format. Yeah, agree a hundred percent. What about right now? Cause you guys have been like putting me on this really awesome spotlight, which is I'm grateful for, but that's something that I don't have a lot of, and you ladies have more of that. So you know, kudos to you. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually something too, where I had to now that I'm reevaluating Eliza and calligraphy with this whole like, new website, new look, everything. I'm actually getting rid of like, all my physical products and digital products. But I have a strategy of kind of like, 
where I'm moving them or what's going to happen to them. Like one of them's going to biz birthday bash. But I think Diana, this is the perfect example of like kind of what you said, going back down <laughs> before you come back up again of like, I, it's almost like I'm cleaning out the closet of my business. I'm going to like throw some things out so that I can re-strategize to scale in the direction I want and then make sure on biz birthday bash's side, like we still have all those like digital products and everything. So I can like push some things over there or like I started thank you society. It's a whole nother thing. I I'm like Joyce. It's just like, there's just so many things and all over the place. And that's like more like product based too. So I'm trying to give each business its own like compartment if that makes sense because I got spread like really thin in Eliza and calligraphy I think I was trying to do everything the first three years yeah I think that's common the like wanting to do everything when you're first starting because when you're first starting as an entrepreneur you're like not quite sure when the money's going to come in again or whatnot just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks and (laughs) yeah go from there kind of thing yeah I think whether you're a new entrepreneur or a seasoned entrepreneur, we all need to do that, you know, and I think, I think that's a good thing to be able to have that room to experiment and be flexible in the times that you can afford to do that. But there's times like Elizabeth, where you put your head down and you just keep building that foundation. I think there's that that time honestly is more of my favorite time. (laughs) But I also like you know, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's funny what will find you. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. Diana, like you kind of almost fell into that whole live art thing. Mm-hmm. And I've actually done quite a few like live calligraphy events with corporate companies here now. Mm-hmm. And I think you can like, can I say this? Like based on Marie Kondo, you can scale in a way that brings you joy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I so, love that you like, mentioned her. Yes. So I have been doing a couple one-on-one calligraphy workshops because what I realized or lessons I should say is I tried workshops and that was kind of overwhelming to me because I was like too big of a scale or I would say that was very much like growth without strategy. I was like, I need to do big workshops. And I did a bunch and they didn't sell out and blah, 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 all this and that. But now I have discovered almost like scaling in the way that brings me joy of doing one-on-one calligraphy lessons occasionally. Like if somebody who's clearly very, very interested emails me or reaches out and wants to do one, then I'll do it because that brings me joy. And you know, it's not like it brings me thousands of dollars, but I think it keeps me and my business healthy and it keeps me happy. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Hey guys, you know we share a ton of free, helpful info here on the podcast, but if you're looking to go deeper, you need our Business Sense for Creatives bundle. This is our foundational resource. We share it all. Our pricing strategies, marketing plans, our favorite print partners, real life examples of our invoices and workflows, and so much more. Literally, it is amazing. (laughs) It really is the comprehensive guide for a money-making creative biz. So with the bundle, you'll get access to our three webinar replays, Pricing with Purpose, How to Be Confident When It Comes to Charging Your Worth, People in Publicity, How to Find Clients and Deliver an Awesome Experience, and lastly, Productivity and Processes, How to Run Your Business Efficiently and Get Crap Done. And not to mention, you'll also get our three bonus PDF party favors. What, what? Um, We've heard (laughs) from students that these are worth the price of it alone. So the party favors are pricing FAQs, the SEO cheat sheet, and a mini favorite vendor's guide to get you started on where to print invitations. So just to clarify, that is not only three awesome video recordings, but three 
bonus PDFs as well that support the content from the videos. So I think it's a pretty good deal. Totally, it's the best deal out there. And you have lifetime access to it, which also adds to the whole value, so. <laughs> Woohoo! Don't take it from us though, take it from the hundreds of students who have learned from the bundle and have said that these were the best, most real and informative webinars that they've ever watched. We've seen students double their prices after watching these and totally skyrocket their businesses. This is our roadmap of how we got to where we are today, so skip the mistakes and speed bumps doing it the slow way and let us put you on the fast track to running a creative biz like a boss and pricing for profit and not just pay. And the best part, this resource is less than $100. Seriously, y'all, it's only $97 and it's so worth that price and much more. So go to bizbirthdaybash.com forward slash bundle to purchase it today. And then like continuing on this same question, like practically speaking on like what I would tell someone who's like, what are practical ways that I could scale? Like if they asked me this exact question, then I would say like really, really like two points. I, like I mentioned before, scaling too soon. So like making sure that you are leveraging your business first, making it sustainable and profitable. Like for instance, you know, maybe you're like, I'm going to do invitations, but maybe you need to evaluate the kinds of problems that your business is actually solving before you just go full on invitations, like basically almost niching down being like, yeah, you could do birthday and 40th birthday invitations and weddings and baby showers or whatever. But like, what kind of problems can your business actually solve and narrow it down to just weddings or just baby showers? Because I don't know anyone who does just baby shower invitations. And then evaluate the client type that you can add the most value to. Like just kind of figuring out that leverage first. Like you guys were talking about um, going down before you come back up. So like, I feel like some people just try to scale too soon. It doesn't work. And then secondly, I think another issue we have with scaling is sometimes we're just too busy to scale where we're working so much in our business that we don't have time to work on the business. And like that has been a huge problem for me in terms of how to actually step back and scale and like look at the places where I can grow because I do not have the time to even do that. So like creating the space and time for yourself to even, you know, make the room for growth and scaling at your own pace. Yeah, which means maybe cutting things out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which means maybe you have to like take on less clients, you know, sometimes you got to like cut back in order to move forward. Um, so those kinds of things. I mean, it really is like a long term plan versus mm -hmm. like a short term goal. Yeah, I actually sure. like this question that um, the question number six that we that at, at first I didn't want to talk about. But I think <laughs> this is a good time to plug it in. So is there a glass ceiling in your own business? And do you, how do you know if you've hit that? And I think you've kind of hit that nail on the head um, where you mentioned like you can be strategic and it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, I've reached a dead end or a glass ceiling. It's just kind of your choice on what you want to do and how you want to scale that side of your business. Do you know what I think of this as? This is going to be like a really frightening visual and Cami knows that I get this oh, way. God. I get really weird about my metaphor. She's like, oh Lord, <laughs> here we go. Okay. So I think of this as like you're standing in a glass box, right? In the glass box. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts filling up with water. And like that's the energy and the time you're putting into your business. And it fills up and up and up until you're in those basically it's like national treasure or whatever, where they like have their face up and they're like trying to take gulps of air. <laughs> it's like you have to figure a way to like extend that ceiling. Like what action will you take? Does this mean you need someone else on your team to free up your time to give yourself like more space in your box to breathe? It literally comes down to that. 
And so Diana, I think this is super applicable to you because for the live art events, like when did you know that you hit that point where you're like, I have to have someone else help me? What did that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I was definitely, well, let me just start off saying like how I was feeling about it. I really wanted to keep all the profit. I didn't want to share it. That And it also not even just profit wise, I wanted to control every aspect of the whole experience. So it was really hard for me to let it go. But um, actually, it was a moment when my husband sat me down and he's like, hey, we need to talk about this because you are dying. <laughs> like You're not sleeping. You're always stressed. Like, you know, you're not yourself. And that's when I was like, okay, you're totally right. Like all the things that I find joy in my life outside of my business is starting to dwindle and it's not flourishing. My relationships are just totally on the back burner, which does happen occasionally, but right now it's just like, really, you know, (laughs) and my health and self-care. So I think that's, I kind of had to be forced into it to be super honest with you. Now looking forward, I'm just realizing, wow, actually all the things that I've I'm creating right now are things that have manifested from within that I've wanted to do, but have been scared to do until I was forced to do it. Um, so I don't, I don't think of it as like, Oh, I was forced to do something I don't want to do. It was more like, okay, now I'm being forced into do something that I've been terrified of doing. Uh, whether it's, you know, having the responsibility of paying someone or, like being someone's quote unquote boss. Like I remember when I started first hiring, it was like my friends and people that I knew and they started calling me boss. I was like, please don't call me that. That feels really weird. Um, I still feel uncomfortable about it, but now I feel like I'm totally changing the topic. What was your question again? No, it's It's okay. It's like (laughs) you're answering it perfect. It's like almost you knew you hit that when your husband sat you down. I think that was like the big aha moment of something has to change. Like when the most important, theoretically most important person in my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) is sitting down to be like, hey, dink, dink, like knock, knock. Like, do you realize kind of what's happened? Yeah. And I think around that time, I'm going to kind of go on a little bit of a whatever tangent, but that time I think... I was really ignoring my intuitions and my own thoughts, even though that was like in me, I was like, nope, physically, I'm a robot, I got this, like, you know, I can do all the things. And maybe my pride was just like in the way or something. But um, Mm -hmm. and then I feel like my husband was like a, a intuitive voice that I could not ignore. You know, he was like a physical person who just told me like, you really need to figure this out or fix this or drop it, you know, this is not good for you. And so now in my business, now that I've kind of had a better grip on it, I do really am so intentional about listening to my intuition and my voice and kind of making decisions based on that rather than like my pride or my excitement and my emotions, because I think a lot of us tend to make decisions based off on that rather than like the practical or maybe what's good for you and the in the long run. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a great answer for everyone who's listening, um, 100%. And I wanted to ask too, Joyce, so you guys both threw out this like idea of manifesting. I'm semi-familiar with it, but like, what really does that mean when you talk about like manifesting something for your business? Like Joyce, maybe you can provide more input. Ooh, I am, y'all, I have crystals, but I am not the manifestation expert. Okay. (laughs) But I have found that, like, the longer I've gone into business, if I didn't, and maybe you ladies have found this too, but, you know, we all have, like, limiting beliefs or, like, money stories. And the longer that I, like, was in business, 
I wasn't seeing the growth that I wanted until I really dealt with like, oh, why don't I want to be seen? Or, you know, what are my feeling, real feelings about money? And is that actually hindering like how much money I'm bringing in my business? I never thought about that stuff until I own my own business. Because before this, I, you know, worked in corporate or worked for startups. So I will say that working on my mindset has helped my business and when it comes to manifesting an in sync event for Diana so that I can become an in, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to go about that, but I will figure it out. <laughs> yeah. The one funny story I've heard about manifestation is apparently Chris Pratt way back in the day made some joke on the set of Parks and Rec that he was going to be the star in Jurassic Park, like whenever they remade the movies. And then years later down the road, he became the star in Jurassic Park. And so that's just like a funny example of that, like something that he put out there that then like came full circle to him. I don't know. It's it's very funny to think about. Well, I put it out there now, February, what, 18, 2020, (laughs) an incident (laughs) for Diana. So let's see what happens. That's so funny. (laughs) I think there's like like a bad rep with that word manifestation. And I like hesitate to say that word for, you know, different reasons. But for me, I, I don't really think of it as like, oh, I'm going to put it out into the universe and I'll make it, it'll, it'll come to me. I think of it as like, yeah. I say it out loud and I remind myself of what I want. Because so many times we yeah. live and live our days and go through life as like whatever's in front of us. And we become, you know, um, and this is kind of where in Enneagram type two, like the weakness of it is that sometimes you get pulled and pushed and you want to help and you want to do all the things and you want to, you know, make people happy. And then you get so caught up in that, that you're not focused on your vision. Um, Mm -hmm. But of course, the strength is also so amazing. Everyone needs a type two in their life. Um, (laughs) But you know, I think that's where manifesting plays a good role in the sense like you're processing your thoughts, you know what you want, and you're constantly reminding yourself. And I think that also helps you to not look at what other people are doing and compare yourself and get insecure about things that you don't even actually want. Like remember what you want. It's actually not what that other person is like holding or having or living out. It's separate. It's what you want. So I think, I don't know, that's how I like to look at it, but obviously like I'm sure there's some, some other evidence out there about like the different type of manifestations, but I just, that's how I look at things. No, you look at it from a very action perspective, which is frankly how I look at it too. Like I can manifest this in my life if I take actions one, two, and three to get there, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, from like an action perspective. But I will say as like a two, I actually think that's like part of what sparked this Instagram hiatus that I'm on. Like for the first three months of this year, I don't have the Instagram app on my phone. Like it's automatically posting from Planoli three times a week, which is great because things still show up. But I'm like, not on there. Like, I think I needed space, like you said, to really look into my business. What do I want? What's like, my true style for like art, you know, instead of like looking at everything else that everyone is doing. Yeah, you should absolutely do a podcast episode after your hiatus, because that's a pretty radical thing that encounter cultural thing that you're doing. And I would love to hear like your experience and results. Yes, I think we will for sure do one. What Definitely. do you think, Cammy? Yeah, 100% we'll do one. Okay. <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah. Pencil it in, so. <laughs> I got inspired by Shanna Skidmore because I know she took yeah. like a year, a year off, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah so, her story is really fascinating about that. Yeah, I know. I felt inspired. And just like with the whole, I know I've been talking about this 
rebrand and the, or the refresh that I'm doing. But I, I really wanted to like focus exactly on what I want that to look like without like distractions. So that was actually part of what spurred it to that kind of separation. But I'm just excited for the episode that you have because I want to see how this break, like what it's done for you. I kind of want to take one now, although I feel like I'm always on a break because I don't post that often anyway. But, you know, I'm here for it, Elizabeth. I hope you guys okay. <laughs> record okay. that soon. <laughs> okay, sounds good. We will make sure we have one for sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm really excited about this topic because, um, well, with your topic too, Elizabeth, but specifically on scaling because... I think we live in like a time and place where seriously anything is possible, especially for the creative community. And I think it's really cool that all four of us have a passion and a heart to support creative people and creative community and business owners or those who want to be. And I think this is such a great topic and important one to think about whether you're in the new stages or middle or whatever, you're blowing up or people are saying you're blowing up or whatever. Um, and I hope that this episode is, you know, in, in support of helping people reach wherever they want to go. You know what? Yeah. You say that I'm woo-woo, but you are you got some woo-in. Okay? <laughs> you can see it right now. So don't get on me for crystals and manifesting in sync when you are actually woo too. I just have to say that. I, I, oh I wear an overall, you know, and I have a calculator in my overall pocket. Yeah, and-, and then I'm going to take yourself <laughs> to a crystal store the next time I'm in LA. Oh you guys my are gosh. so funny. You're so funny. We're I was so going to say too. Are you you guys are so LA. I didn't want to say it first. But so yeah, you said it. Literally so. what I was thinking. <laughs> literally. So for those of you listening, Biz Birthday Bash is basically East Coast and Modern Creative is West Coast. Like it's totally different. Tell. If you couldn't tell, by the way. So funny. So are you guys, I have to ask too, are you guys doing another Modern Creative Conference this year? You did one in person last year, right? We did in 2019 and we're in the very early brainstormings of the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Basically, yeah, being pregnant and stuff, it, we're kind of like, let's like, <laughs> let's, you know, think through everything. Definitely got to be after she gives birth. You know, <laughs> it, changes, it changes timelines. But yeah, that won't yeah. be the last live event. We had so much fun at the first one. Yeah, it was. Ah, it was you guys awesome. should make a California trip. I know. Well, oh, we commend yeah. you. We have people ask us for live events all the time, and we are big scaredy cats. Sorry, Biz Birthday Bash listeners. We are like I the mean, biggest scaredy cats. Scaredy cats. We're just like, how is this scalable? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, practically true. speaking, that's really how we looked at it. So, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but anyway, so like back to scalability on the ending on a scalability note, you guys. Um, I just want to like remind our audience to like, scalability and growth sound like such big overarching themes and they really don't have to be like maybe you know something to like start scaling your business is as simple as like printing your artwork and selling prints instead of custom things all the time Mm -hmm. like just things like that where you are able to do more with less of your time um so just like keeping that in mind as you're moving forward with your business strategies so yeah just don't want anyone to freak out about scaling and growth it can be very small (laughs) totally I agree. Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. This was such a fun conversation. We should do another crossover episode. It was really fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was really good.